Hi, and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. My name's Chris, and it's fantastic to have you back with us for another video. And in today's video, we actually took the time to sit down with one of the professors at the Edinburgh University to talk about everything that IOHK is doing there with the university. Obviously, IOHK has, you know, basically uh, funded, uh, so you know, I guess a research hub at the university investing $4.5 million. And uh, this is all around a decentralization index and much, much more. But, you know, I thought it was really, really useful to, to sit down with one of the professors at the university to sort of get more of a detailed uh, look at what is actually happening behind the scenes. If you enjoy this sort of content, mash up the like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, tap in that bell, selecting all the notifications so you never miss a video. And don't forget to jump in our Discord. There's over 5,050 individuals in the discourse, supporting one another, navigate the space safely. It's really, really important to immerse yourself in a fantastic community, you know, particularly in a bear market and uh, recession that we're in. I think, you know, having a fantastic community around you that is supporting you is uh, one of those things that is much needed. Right, let's get down to the interview. Nice to have you with us today. Um, would you mind introducing yourself uh, so the audience know who you are and, and perhaps go into a little bit about your role at IHK? Sure. All right, so my name is Agus Kayas. Uh, I'm a professor at the University of Edinburgh. Um, area is cybersecurity and privacy in general, but my focus is cryptography. I've been working in cryptography since uh, about the mid 90s. I uh, did my PhD on this topic. Um, when I started, clearly it was a bit more of a sort of a niche subject, you could yeah. call it, um, in computer science and math. Very different, obviously, today. I'm responsible for uh, academic research in the organization, which means basically uh, managing a number of researchers that work at the company. They're looking at different aspects of designing blockchain systems and analyzing their properties. And at the same time, um, you know, publishing uh, papers, technical reports, uh, which, uh, which are submitted to, you know, the publication venues where um, science, scientific articles are, 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 are being uh, published. Sounds fantastic. And um, could we just touch on the decentralization uh, index that's just been announced? Sure, um, that's a project I'm very excited about. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic question. It's, it's also a question that uh, it requires um, a lot of understanding that comes from quite different disciplines. Um, for example, like the ability of assessing risk, um, measuring risk, let's say, of, um, of systems, um, which is um, actually a very broad area, uh, both in computer science and mathematics, but it hasn't been applied uh, to the area of uh, distributed systems and blockchains, right? However, um, what we do hope is to bring a lot of expertise in this project, um, also drawing, let's say, from, if you want, like actuarial science, like, you know, the way that, for example, insurance is modeled, where this is a classic field where you have to understand risk and yeah. quantify it. It's very important. Um, so, so the plan is to um, look at a blockchain system from many different angles and dimensions, like dissect it, if you want, um, and find ways not only to measure decentralization in an effective way, but also synthesize these different views um, so that at the end someone 
could be capable of, for instance, comparing two different systems in terms of decentralization. Um, or another very interesting question is like seeing how the decentralization of the system um, changes over time. For example, with modifications or adjustments or upgrades, yeah. let's say that, uh, for instance, uh, might be um, sort of voted by the community of a project. They might say, we'll try to do that to make the system more decentralized. And of course, what you want is after, after that change has been, um, has been applied, and the system has, has evolved, you'd like to know whether you know, that, was, that was indeed effective, right? Yeah. What, what part in particular excites you the most? Well, okay, there's, there's, there's a few different things that are really exciting. First of all, decentralization is, is something that the, this community, uh, sort of blockchain, you know, the wider blockchain community is like, is, is obviously like very interested in. I mean, it's the core fundamental property. But of course, if you talk to different people, especially from where they're coming from, Right, so they can they can they can sort of um, talk about decentralization in a different way. So, for instance, someone might say decentralization is um, is, is, is that the, the digital coin is um, uh, sort of uh, spread out uh, across a large population of, of stakeholders, and uh, but someone else would point out, but no, decentralization is like. Um, where the hashing power is, like where uh, what organizations or or, or what um, what entities are, are running the servers, let's say, in, in case of a proof of work blockchain, right? And someone else could say decentralization is know where all the peers that assemble the network uh, are. So so there's all these different aspects, and actually there is no um, sort of like a commonly and universally accepted framework in actually thinking about this relation and what excites me uh, is, is exactly because from a scientific perspective um, what I also found you know always very fulfilling in research is like looking at an area which is it's not structured I mean there's a lot of disagreement there's a lot of debate about what things really mean and yeah. just uh, go there and try to apply the first principles um, approach to understand and answer these questions like what is the centralization, how do we measure it? I think these are really important open questions from a scientific viewpoint and I'm very excited to um, contribute to answering them. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And um, could we talk a little bit about like the benefits? What benefits could this sort of bring to, to you know just general retail community members? Right, yeah. I, I think I think like it will be um, a huge advantage to, to have access to, to such a resource. I mean, f first of all, I, I should point out that the academic perspective here is also important because uh, what we would like to have is a um, sort of transparent, um, open source, like, you know, publicly verified, peer-reviewed methodology that, you know, people agree, right, that, that, that's, uh, that, that that's something that makes sense, right? So it's not like, it's not my opinion, let's say, that the system is decentralized. Yeah. This is something that you know somehow explains to you, and, and you accept, and you explain to me also what you think. And somehow, our, our our beliefs about this concept they are reflected, right, in, in what is being measured. And then, like once you have this, um, I think like there's like tremendous benefits, like from uh, for, from for, for the industry, like for I mean, if you think about it from a developer's perspective, I mean, a lot of developers, for example, m might say. Um, especially those that are starting, and you know, also mind you, I'm also an educator. I'm, I'm in the computer science and informatics uh, uh, department. 
uh, here at Edinburgh, like, you know, young students, like, they're excited about contributing to, to a decentralized system. Actually, to them, like, this, this really matters, right? So they would like to know that what I'm doing contributes to this, like, public resource. Like, they view these blockchain systems as something that is, uh, let's say, for society at large, for the common good, and, and they would like to contribute uh, to the centralized system. So, so this is one aspect. Um, at the same time, um, th there is an aspect for, for those businesses that would like to use uh, blockchain as part of their, um, you know, system development and infrastructure, right? They, in that case, they would like to use a decentralized system because um, that will be more resilient, like, down the line, right? So they are not depending uh, their system. So if their system, like, you know, the system they're building, like, is based on a blockchain at yeah. a certain level, like, they want to make sure this this part here is 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 fault tolerant and you know survivable. Yeah. In then there's no single point of failure, so it would help them make a decision. Um, and finally, just to add another um, another um, you know another angle like to this uh, to this uh, to this answer is uh, from a regulatory perspective. And a lot of regulators actually right now, both in the U.S. and in Europe, they've identified decentralization as a sort of a distinguishing uh, feature about whether a particular token uh, would be deemed to be um, a security or a commodity. So for example, if it's centralized, then you might say plausibly that there's a promoter and because it's centralized, right? So somehow like has the responsibility of the system. So in case the system is centralized, you, you, you might say that given it has a promoter, uh, then this might qualify as security depending on um, you know, how you apply legislation to it. But th that has been like a common theme yeah. in the way many regulators are looking at these systems. We heard about the Zero Knowledge Lab announcement uh, right. today. Um, could you just talk us through what that is and, and everything that's happening there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, zero knowledge um, is uh, something that uh, was developed uh, so, so in, in academic cryptographic circles, let's say like that, it goes back to the 80s. It's a very, uh, it's a very groundbreaking uh, concept. And, I mean, b back in the 80s, uh, it was uh, somehow like a cool thing that it's possible in theory to develop something like this. Um, but obviously, there were no like grounds for any, so to speak, real-world impact, you know, yeah. of the concept. However, uh, especially, uh, you know, in the last decade with the development of blockchain technology, um, it, it became apparent that suddenly you have these open systems that inevitably they hoard a lot of public information. And, yeah. and, and that's actually information that if we are to make them useful, like really useful for a wide variety of use cases, it makes sense that they have some privacy-preserving properties, right? So that's one aspect why this technology is very good. Now, another aspect, though, um, which is not so much related to the zero-knowledge aspect, but is more related to scalability, is the fact that these systems, um, they built a, a sort of public ledger that is auditable, and, and sometimes the statements that are recorded there can correspond to a large data sets or large amounts of information that are off-chain. But still the statement uh, has to be succinct, like in, in a sense, like rather short. Um, so you have like this um, sort of interplay between like 
off-chain information, which might be large and perhaps complex, yeah. and, and you would like the ledger itself, which is sort of like a premium storage resource yeah. in a way, you would like to um, keep as little information as possible. So, so zero-knowledge proofs all also have been developed, not all of them necessarily, but a class of these zero-knowledge proofs have the ability to be succinct in this way, and thus can be very useful for scalable um, blockchain systems. That sounds, sounds really interesting. You know, like our community talk an awful lot about privacy. Um, you know, what concerns do you feel there are currently uh, and how we can best sort of mitigate those, those concerns? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it's actually the level of privacy, let's say, that's afforded by the you know, biggest blockchains right now is, is essentially minimal to, to non-existent, right? Yeah. I mean, the, at best you have something you can call like pseudonymity, like you can, you can create pseudonyms yeah. uh, for yourself. And um, I mean, Bitcoin already comes with, with that capability. Yeah. Um, but just, I mean, we know very well, also with academic research that was done by, uh, by many people, even quite early on in the case of Bitcoin, it was demonstrated uh, something that, you know, to be fair, privacy researchers like knew very well, I mean, months before Bitcoin, that pseudonymity is a, is a very, very weak level of privacy. And the reason is like clustering and if you want to think like in a more advanced way, you can even use like machine learning and AI techniques, like it's possible to, the pseudonyms themselves, like they do leak a lot of information about what you do. Yeah. And, 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 and even if you don't somehow like put your name on it, uh, like completely your name on it, like they eventually create a fairly convincing fingerprint that enables, um, that enables someone that does the analysis to understand what's going on in the network. So, so the point here is that these systems, if they are to be used, you know, for you know reasonable use cases that, that people want to do. I mean, um, you know, privacy is an important element. It's, it's not just something that you know you might want for your personal life, but also business. Like uh, business also, and you know, fundamentally also relies on, on private information. Um, so, if we are to make this infrastructure fundamentally useful for everything that people want to do, um, we have to be able like, to facilitate privacy in, in, in some way. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you would like to cover off uh, in regards to, to the work that you, you do in here at Edinburgh? So here at Edinburgh specifically, I would like to highlight the research hub that uh, we launched uh, and that was with funding from um, Input Output and that's something that's launched at the university and it is meant to um, fund um, sort of self-proposed um, academic research by members of the university that relates to blockchain technology and I think what's, what's really exciting me about this is that it has a very strong interdisciplinary uh, theme um, I have to say, we have to recognize here that a lot of these developments in blockchain space have been driven by, well, computer scientists, mathematicians, and perhaps, and, you know, like sort of related disciplines. But we've seen over and over that these problems of offering like information technology at scale, they are problems that um, affect society in a, in a very wide way. And as we've seen, let's say, in other examples with, with social media, 
and, and the way, for example, that social media have been also used um, to subvert uh, public procedures, like, for example, like democratic elections, like uh, they, they have been there have been attempts to bias uh, democratic elections using using social media. Um, it's we have to realize, especially looking at this from a computer science perspective, that you know just building these tools without having a um, a good understanding about all the issues that here are at hand it can be dangerous. And and I think it's very important that input output um, invests uh, to do like research um, from an interdisciplinary perspective at the university environment so that the problems that arise in the blockchain space, which aspires to, if you want, democratize uh, information technology, it's very important that these are developed with expertise uh, coming from a lot of different areas, like not just, let's say, the usual, let's say, areas that we have associated with the space. Brilliant. Um, really appreciate you taking yeah. the, the time out of your busy schedule to, sure. to chat with us in our community. Uh, yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Great to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you. Great. So a big thank you to Agulus for spending the time with us for the interview. Fantastic, in-depth understanding now of what is happening at the Edinburgh University. Uh, really do appreciate him taking the, the, the time out of his busy schedule. If you enjoyed today's video, mash up that like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, tap in that bell, selecting all the notifications so you never miss a video. And um, yeah, I will catch you in the next one. Take care.